myself again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn your love back And it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Morning all, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Welcome to John Gibson and Malcolm this Thursday morning. How are you, lads? Good, morning. Yes, morning, everybody. I'm good, good to boys. see you. Good to see you, lads. And uh, as always, plenty to talk about uh, in the world of Newcastle United. And uh, tickets uh, running out, I would imagine, by now. But tickets for the cup final being secured. I'm seeing lots of people posting stuff on social media um, was never in doubt, Malcolm, um, or Gibbo, was it, that we're now going to have the, the full backing of 30, 32,000 plus oh, Newcastle United yeah. supporters down yeah. at Wembley. And they're going to make some noise, John. Oh, they, I mean, we, we could have filled Wembley on our own. You yeah, could take 100,000 journeys with, with people coming in from abroad and down south. and We could fill it on our own. We'll fill mm. 50,000 into St. James's every week. So we, we could have filled it on our own. And I mean, the, the, the greatest certainty... We've, we've suggested it's about a 50-50 game on the park. The biggest certainty is that Newcastle will win the uh, battle on the terraces uh, ahead of the Man U Brigade. Uh, there's no question about that in my mind. The biggest noise. I mean, the, the most wonderful atmosphere and the, the best display in football at the moment war flags inspired St. James's Park. So we'll win that battle. I just hope, because, you know, I sat there in... Uh, I think it was 74 miles cup final and uh, FA cup final. And I watched um, Brendan Foster run around Wembley in, in a race. There was a race for pre-match and he had a black and white striped vest on and he won. I didn't realise that we weren't going to win after that. Like, you know, so um, <laughs> I want to win on the terraces this time and on the park. But yeah, it'll be a terrific day and the Geordies will make the most of it because we're no out of because we haven't done it too often and we're, we're all determined that everybody's going to be there on the day Newcastle wins something. Well, let's hope it's this time. Malcolm, it's going to be great uh, to, to see all that sea of black and white down at Wembley again. 24 years, of course, since uh, we last graced uh, you know the the national the, the you know the national stadium, and mm -hmm. um, no matter where you watch the game, uh, wherever you are in the world, you're going to feel an, an immense amount of pride. Whether you're an ex-player, whether you're a, a journalist, whether you're a fan um, of Newcastle, it's going to be great to see you know Kieran Trippier and Eddie Howe you know leading that team out of that tunnel, isn't it? I think so. Yes, absolutely. Um, and Tyneside thrives on cup finals, doesn't it? Yeah. And, that uh, yeah. um, but everybody just loves an occasion. Um, and and, and so that's, well, the, that's the wonderful thing about it, Malcolm. And when I used to talk to War Jackie, that's the thing he loved. He said, and it's a bit different today, but he said, you know, you can win the league and you can win it on a wet Wednesday night at Stoke. Not yeah. these days, but then you could. But, but when you win the FA Cup, you win at Wembley with the whole country watching on a showpiece stadium and a showpiece uh, atmosphere and occasion and everything. It's got more drama about it. And Newcastle in those days were always known as an FA Cup team. 
mm. because they won it six times and played in seven finals were an FA Cup team where that's gone I'm not quite so certain of recent times but it, it's lovely to have made the League Cup final ironic too that it's 24 years or whatever it is since we're last at Wembley but it's exactly the same match Newcastle United yeah. v Manchester United United. which was the 1999 game uh, uh, well a mismatch actually then they completed the treble and we completed um, four visits and four losses but there we are you just get the feeling it might be different this time yeah one certainly hope so uh, and uh, I'm I'm sure that uh, that what's going on in the Newcastle dressing room right now is uh, is that steady build up to the whole thing it's going to be an absolute crescendo come the day um, and I, I, I just I, I just hope that, uh, that that they get out on the pitch and really give a good showing do themselves justice Malcolm yeah those last two finals they they didn't it just didn't happen, did it? It was a bit oh, like the, the final that I remember back in 74. Yeah, embarrassing, no. really, the 98 and 99, um, and we've got to get back. But in the meantime, and I keep stressing this, and I probably sound a boring old sugar with with uh, the needle stuck in the gramophone, but there's two massive games before Wembley. If we are going to be in the Champions League, there's two massive games before Wembley, and they've yeah. both got extra significance. The first mm. one, Bournemouth, it is, it's Eddie Howe going home, the, the, the most um, yeah. uh, successful Bournemouth manager in their history, and their favourite son going back home, not to mention Callum Wilson doing exactly the same thing. And then a week later, it's Liverpool up here, and we are for them one, the only game we've lost this season, oh. controversially. So... Yeah. The two games, lads, are very important because the six points can have a real impact on where we finish on the table, those six points. Um, mm. And they've got extra significance. You know, Eddie going back to Bournemouth and then Liverpool up here with all we owe them after the last time. Uh, you know, let's hope when they come up, it's still the only league match we've lost this season because that means we'll have got something at Bournemouth. And we didn't deserve to lose it. So there are two massive matches before we end up at Wembley. Yeah. And by the way, yeah. I want to come out of Wembley. Yeah. I'm City away. Yeah. Just um just on the Liverpool game, uh I I I will never ever forget uh the reason that they disallowed that second ease of goal against Liverpool and and it it was by VAR and the reason given afterwards was that Isaac's shadow was offside <laughs> if you remember yeah they said well, it, they said yeah, that the well. shadow was further than the defenders um, Cliff Richard, Cliff Richard was always offside because the shadows were behind him. Mm. Yeah, it, it was absolutely, absolutely appalling and balmy. Uh, and yeah, so we owe Liverpool one. So you're absolutely right. These are important games. Eddie Howe will will really be up for it this coming Saturday. That's but for sure. Also, guys, what it does. I mean, if we manage to win both. 
in Bournemouth or second bottom in Liverpool or in Desiree, if we win them both, we all go to, to uh, Wembley in a great frame of mind, don't we? Yes. If yes, we don't, absolutely. if we don't win either, you know, a couple of draws, you go in a different frame of mind. So not only is it important for the Champions League, but it's important for the mood it sets prior to mm. Wembley. Mm. Give all you that comment on the screen there from Barry. Um, I mean, this show has been, you know, overtaken on more than one occasion this week by the the, the topic of uh, tickets and the, you know, the, the way that they're distributed. The club chose to go down the route of speaking to the supporters' trust um, about allocation of tickets and, and 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 you know how fans should obtain them. Um, it's you know it, you're never going to please everybody. Um, you know, I think I think the problem that you have with what you know, and I've I've, I've mentioned this a few times. The, the way that they've done it is the pride <coughs> the supporters' trust suggestion would say that Carabao Cup people who went to the Carabao Cup have have gained a little bit of priority in this in this queue. Um, however, what it means is that, for example, somebody who has been a season ticket holder for forty years. Um, doesn't go to away games, so doesn't have the loyalty points, and hasn't gone to the cup games. Let's say because of work, but you know they basically have ended up behind somebody in the queue who has bought a season ticket last year and has been to four Carabao Cup games this year. So uh, it is causing a little bit of animosity between people, and I think it's only going to get worse over the course of the next few days when. Eventually, the tickets sell out. People are left with no tickets. We will see people selling tickets. I guarantee it. I've already seen one or two um, trying to sell tickets at a profit, which is disgusting. But, you know, these things happen. Um, You know, what's your thoughts, John? Because you've you've been involved with Newcastle for so many years. You've seen Newcastle Cup finals before. There's not really a solution to this. And I guess we've got to thank the lucky stars that this isn't the FA Cup final where we only get 25,000. Or the yep. Champions League final, where we'll only get fifteen thousand if we were ever lucky enough I to mean, get that, to that. So those, you know. fig- those figures are frightening, Stephen. Yes, it's always a problem because in an ideal world, you want on a cup final to reward the supporter that's been a supporter for forty years or twenty years if he's younger or whatever, because they're the real supporters, the supporters that were there during the Ashley years with little encouragement and not just climbed on the bandwagon since things have gone spectacular under the new owners. Um, but it's very difficult. It's very, very difficult to get a perfect... Well, there isn't a perfect answer, is there? Because no. there's 50,000 Newcastle fans when they play Bournemouth at home. There's 50,000 Newcastle fans there, and you, you could guarantee there's another 50,000 outside who are born Geordies who will suddenly become Newcastle fans because they want to be at an occasion. They're not too interested, but they want to say, I was there at Wembley when Newcastle won the Cup. So you've got another 50,000 of those there. And in the old days, going way back, I mean, we remember it was quite openly done, the ticket touts. Um, sort of advertising that they were available with a fistful of tickets. There was a very famous one, so famous I've forgotten his name, but it's from about 30 years ago, who lived in Gateshead, who was well known as the king of the touts up in the northeast. And if you wanted tickets, you went there. Paid well over the odds, of course, but that's where you got tickets. It is a great shame because what we, what we will hear about 
is specific cases where somebody comes out once that door's closed and all the tickets have gone and tells the case and he hasn't got a ticket and the case will be terrific he'll have been a fan for an eternity he'll have supported newcastle through thin and thinner but yes because he hasn't done the carabao cup or because he hasn't just jumped on the bandwagon and traveled away as well as home now things are good it's all going to count for naught and it is the uncomfortable side of of a cup final isn't it you know it's it's like you get all the fans of a pop star and the minute there's a huge concert in town you've got all the porn sandwich brigade um, skimming all the tickets and the real fan is either in the gods or is not in the place at all it is awful and i i, I hate it because you know you want your loyal fans to be the one that with but it's so difficult for a club how do they sort it out you know how do they do set some rules that are fair to everybody because some rules won't be fair to certain people there's no question about that very very difficult um better their problem than my problem but i are going to read about some very loyal devoted fans who supported newcastle when they were in the championship under ashley they can't get near to wembley which which is a great shame but what do you do as i say starting all over again we could fill the hundred thousand we would need the hundred thousand of wembley to get everybody in that wants to go there and probably there'd be a couple of thousand left over but you know so that everybody got tickets and we really could fill it but sure. you know there you it's, go it's not just this cup final though it happens at every cup final oh it, absolutely every malcolm there's no answer to this yeah and it will continue to be so and um, because you get two sets of fans not talking about our club just generally in cup finals fa cup final this year etc you get the fans who are the loyal and and, and wonderful fans that have been there mm -hmm. thin and thinner and then you get the people born in that particular city who aren't really fans don't care too much about football but they're willing to buy their way in for a big game because sure. they want to say i was there socially and talking to their pals but their tickets have got to come from somewhere and if they skim some of the tickets off the top then somebody further down is going to suffer awfully awfully yeah. Yeah, yeah corporate corporate tickets yeah. need to be reduced i think for all finals um unfortunately it's all about money that's never going to happen uh, we're always going to be in this situation and um yeah look we've spoken a lot about it on the show so i won't drag that on and i can see paul watson saying please don't go down this route again because we have spoken about it a lot but we will do until the tickets sell out paul i guess and then we'll move on i don't think the amigos tomorrow will be talking about that i think we'll be addressing the super league again um uh, we'll come to the uh, the suggestions by roger and ian for the for the game at the weekend uh, in the second half of the show um i i do know that other people uh, don't like us talking about asm but we do have to mention it john the chronicle carried a, a a big article a big interview with asm this week about his you know about his commitment to the club about his commitment to the cause about you know uh, you know how how disappointed it, it can be sitting on a bench etc it was it was it was a very me 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 article the way i read it um you know i, I was surprised to see it I, i'll be interested to know what the you know what the club thought about it um and, and of course the the rumors of ac milan haven't gone away clearly there was some truth in those rumors there is as they said no smoke without fire 
But I mean, John, you probably had time to read it now. What was it? What was your thoughts on ESM's frank and honest interview? Well, look, the whole thing. By the way, when you turn the, the question over to Malcolm, I'm going and having bacon, eggs, and toast for me breakfast. <laughs> ESM will take 25 minutes when Mal gets stuck into them. But uh, yeah, I mean, the whole thing. I mean, it's very debatable, and it's only debatable because he's got so much natural talent, which is why people love him. And those that don't love him, there's so much his game's limited in terms of tracking back, in terms of goals and assists, in terms of input. But putting all that to one side, because he's one of those players that will always split opinion in the way that Hatton Ben Arthur did, in the way that uh, Robert, um, the, the French winger. Uh, wrong. And, and then Ginola, another French wing. Actually, there's a lot of French guys coming into this, isn't it? But a huge talent that, that didn't actually fulfill that talent. And there's a lot of that. But putting parking that to one side, Steve, when I look at him, he's a different player to me now than, than he has been. His body language is not bubbly. When I saw, when I watched him against Manchester City, and that's only this season, he was before he started. You know, he was like a pony galloping around the field, and he was let me Kyle Walker, another problem, let me a Kyle Walker, and he murdered him. And and he looked bubbly, and you thought, you know, he's with mood players. You sometimes look at them when they run out the tunnel, and you think he's in the mood today, or he's not in the mood today. And this guy seems to. I mean, he never stopped smiling like Miggy. And I very rarely see him smile now. Um, I think he's got the cares of the world on his shoulder. It can be because he's not the number one man that he was in Steve, Steve Bruce's day. It's more likely to be because he isn't starting and he's been tapped um, by uh, clubs that saying, you're far too good to be sitting on Newcastle United bench. Come and join us and we'll build a side around you. And I know of at least one case where that has definitely happened. And it's not Milan, so I think it's happened with Milan, etc. as well. And I will be staggered on the opening day of next season if Maxi is still a Newcastle United player. Now, there'll be loads of people listening to this that will say straight away, drop me, he's absolutely, um, he's not a team man. Yet. And there'll be other people that remember the wonderful days that say you've got to play him. Um, it's interesting. And then again, if you are a Miggy fan, if it, you would say he shouldn't be dropped this weekend because he's only had one start in about four months and you can't drop him after one start. I look at it the other way and I look at him and say, I was never so disappointed as his performance against West Ham. He, I wouldn't say he didn't look interested because that's unfair, but he didn't look up for it. He wasn't biting at the bullet to say, I'm going to show you that what you've been missing and why I should have been in the team. For goodness sake, if he got the winner against West Ham and followed it up with good games against Bournemouth and against Liverpool, he could make a case for playing in the final. He's blown that chance to do that, in my yeah. humble opinion. And if I was the ruthless manager, bearing in mind that Joe Linton's not going to play left side, he, he probably will at Wembley, because Bruno will be back in the midfield and he'll play wide left. But he can't do that against Bournemouth. I would play Gordon, because I thought he was a breath of fresh air when he came on. Yeah. I thought he had good feet, He's got a quick brain, and um, 
He hasn't been bought to sit on the subs bench for the rest of his life. He can't play in the cup final, but as, as I've already said, these two matches are as important as the cup final. So I would I would play uh, Gordon for St Maximum on Saturday. I've been disappointed in St Maximum. I think his mind's somewhere else and his body's here. Mm. I've, yeah, I've got to be honest. Malcolm, me and you have spoken about it. I know, um, you know, I know your views on on ASM. I'm not sure if you've had time to read the interview, uh, but it was it was quite open. It was quite honest. It was quite frank. I think it's probably the benefit of it going out in the paper in, in the Chronicle this week was that we all have an idea of now exactly what's going through his mind because I think a lot of us sit there going, you know, uh, come on, son, you know, we, we know what you can do. It's so frustrating if you don't do it, but. You know, I guess we'll get an idea of where he's at now. And, uh, you know, I, I, we've seen this many times before. Players come and go, Malcolm. Yeah. Um, yeah, except with um, with ASM. Uh, it, 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 I, th- I think his mind is on go. Uh, and, and that's a question of him leaving. Um, I, I have the feeling that he is playing like a tapped up guy you know he's been tapped by somebody he knows that he could well be on his way come the summer and he uh, against West Ham uh, I didn't get the impression that he really wanted to go and play a game of football and and I all I come down to the simplistic facts of, of, of what uh, makes football and footballers. And in his position, how many crosses did he get in? How many shots did he have? Zero to both. He didn't get a cross in. Um, so what's the point of giving him the ball if he's not actually creating anything with it? You, 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 see, you see midfielders getting forward um, the likes of Joe Willock, and he, he he will constantly keep getting on the end of things. Sean Longstaff getting on the end of things, um, but I, but with with St Maximum, um, he gets the ball, and and he, he wants to beat player after player after player, and but then what I noticed was that he wasn't taking players on. Last Saturday, he was just simply passing it. And even then, it, um, uh, uh, it wasn't very accurate. Um, and I, I thought, well, all of a sudden, his game's changed. Why? Why has his game changed after, after what? And he's been here nearly three years, hasn't he? Or is it more than three? Um, and oh, I always go back to Alex Stock at Luton Town. And and he used to he used to uh, um, he used to gauge everybody on what they put into a game, and uh, uh, and so uh, the he used to uh, tell us about the importance of of getting shots in on on the upper, on the opposition's goal. Um, and the more shots you get, the the more nervous the opposition defence is. The more nervous the goalkeeper is because because it's just coming at, 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 um, 
as a constant salvo on them. Uh, and St. Maximin, he doesn't join in when this is happening. He wants to go and do his own thing. And so I, when, I, when I look at him, I see a circus act. I don't see a footballer, a team member. Um, he, he, you can have, you know, in, have individuals go out there, but in the end, what they're what they're looking to do are things that do well for the team. St. Maxman, uh, I'll ask you a question, guys. Tell me the last time you saw St. Maxman do something positive that was for the for the best of the of the team. Well, uh, it's easy to pick it out. The last goal he scored against Wolves. The game after Man City. Yeah. That after the Man City it's was ages ago. It, you're talking to start the season, Martin. Yeah, that is ages ago. And you don't remember anything from there on. I mean, I, I genuinely That's couldn't. How bad he's been. I, I genuinely, yeah. And this isn't, uh, you know, I, I know people go, oh, well, you're, you're having a good ASM again. But, I, I, you know, I think you and I discussed this after the game, uh, Mal. 15 minutes, Anthony Gordon had. 15 touches. He was like a, he was like a live wire when he came on, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's what. That, yeah. That's why I say. That's why I say, Steve, that I would start him at Bournemouth. It doesn't matter that he can't play in the cup final because Bruno will be back, and therefore Joe Linton will play wide left at, at yeah. Wembley. So that problem solved. Yeah. But these six points in the meantime are absolutely crucial. Now I think Gordon will help us to get as many as we can of those six where St. Maximum mightn't have the same input. Here's another one to get off uh, Maxi because we, we our thoughts, I think, are well known there. What would you do? This is just at Bournemouth. I would be tempted to rest Almirin and put Isaac out there. He's, yes. not going to, he's not going to rest Callum Wilson, who's just scored and ended his drought and is also going back to his previous club, Bournemouth. Mm -hmm. He's he's going to start as certain as eggs are eggs. He's going to start. So you've got Isaac and Gordon at this moment, as we speak, sitting outside of the team that played against West Ham, the starting eleven. Mm -hmm. This is one hundred million pounds worth of talent. We paid a hundred million pound to get Isaac and Gordon. Sixty for Isaac, forty for Gordon. We paid a hundred million. We're not scoring goals. We're looking a bit leggy. And we've got a hundred million pound in attacking talent sitting there to I would give them both a chance. By the way, I don't think that Eddie will. Eddie doesn't like to make changes. And I don't think Eddie will start both of them at mouth. But no, no, I no. would. I would. There's another one. Willock out for Anderson's worth a shout as well. Willock's not been on it for the last that, four that games. Will be, that will be considered um, by fans as well, without a shadow of doubt. But can you think, Steve, that you know the way we've gone on about um, Eddie Howe, can you see him making three changes to a team that hasn't lost? That is something he just never, 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 ever does. And he would say he will say they haven't lost. I mean, 
there's two ways of looking at it. One is that Eddie is very loyal and that's terrific and that gets loyalty back to Eddie from the players, etc., etc. That's terrific. The other side of it is that if you play the same team week after week after week after week after week, and we do, the only change we made last week was because Bruno wasn't there, so I had to bring somebody in. But we play the same team. Now, if we are leggy, it is a mental tiredness. You're not a physical tiredness. All we've played is, is the League Cup and the Premier League all season. Plus one FA Cup match. You're not physically tired. It's no, the, the classic tired. example is Almiron at the moment, isn't it? Sorry? The classic example of what you're saying, John, is Almiron at the moment. Yes, for me, that's why I would take him out in if this match on yeah. Saturday, because and he, probably, he probably runs twice as far as anybody else in the team. Yeah. I mean, I know the, the stats tell you it's long stuff. I'm just being flip about the fact that he's like the Jewish cell bunny. He's here, there and everywhere. Um, but he's not looking like scoring goals at the moment. You've got Isaac, who does look like he could score goals mm -hmm. if he was given the, the opportunity. And I, I think that these points are... If you were, were mid-table and you were just building up for Wembley, you might go with your Wembley team. But you're not. You're needing points. And we are, um, I think, mentally tired. Not physically tired. Mentally tired. And I looked it up, you know, and it's it, the reason. There is seven blokes at Newcastle United who have turned out in every single game we have played in the Premier League this season. Now, it's not meaning starting because one of those seven is Jacob Murphy. Uh, which might surprise some people that he, he's mm -hmm. got on every game when it, and started a few. But players who have taken part in every single game at, in the Premier League this season. Seven. That's a whopping number. And includes yeah. Longstaff and Willett and people like that. Three have actually played in all 28 games we've played this season. Every sure. World Cup mm -hmm. and one FA Cup and the 21 mm -hmm. league games. So... We haven't changed the team. And, you know, how long, Malcolm, are you going to sit with, with Isaac and Gordon sitting outside there? Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I, um, I will play them this this coming Saturday against Bournemouth. Yeah, so would I, man. Because, because there's nothing coming from wide at the moment. And until Gordon came on, um, then things started to happen. Yes. Um, against West Ham and and so I yes I will play Gordon one side um, of Wilson and uh, Isaac on the other uh, yeah. and, uh, and without the shadow of doubt I'm balanced I'm tell you what will come into, I tell you what will come in sorry to interrupt John I tell you what will come into play because um, is is the fact that Joe Linton is two bookings away from a suspension but I know mm. I know and yeah. they can't afford to lose him for the final so I think Joe Linton could could rest be rested against Bournemouth. Yeah. Would would the would the final count if you booked in the league? It will, yes. It goes across all three domestics. Well, yeah, and you can't imagine Joe Linton. By the way, as far as the two matches concerned, you've got to reach the thirty-two league games before the the, the two match suspension for ten bookings is off. We've played twenty-one. Can you imagine Joe not getting booked in the next 11 games? And by the way, can, I mean, there's not a cat in 
the hot places yeah. cancer that happened and also though doesn't it because he now puts the boot in he's now physical yes. which is quite amazing when you consider what a timid centre forward he is but he's now very, very aggressive yeah he made that booking exactly. on Saturday against West Ham all the more stupid because it wasn't for breaking up an attack on us or anything. It was for diving in the penalty area. And it was so yeah. it was so blatant. I mean, Tom Daly's never dived as well as that. And <laughs> um, it, it was so blatant. It was untrue. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of debate, a lot of debate uh, yeah, coming yeah. in. If he's at and Gordon start against Bournemouth, I doubt they'll be dropped the week after as they look on fire when they come on. For me, uh, little FB says, sick of hearing ASM needs time to get fit and needs playing time. We've had an unchanged team for weeks with subs coming on and hitting the ground running and have had no more pitch time than ASM. And uh, I don't buy uh, the argument with tiredness, John and Malcolm. These are fit young men in the prime of their lives. What about the other teams who have Europe and Cups to play? Alan's talking, of course, about the, uh, the, 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 the fact that many people said that the team looked a bit jaded against uh, I West mean, I, I, I'm stressing when I make this argument, I want to stress. I'm not talking about physical tiredness. For goodness sake, the bloke sitting mm -hmm. there up there with us two it played FA Cup, League Cup, Czechoslovakia Cup. 42 league matches in the season every every game i'm not talking and did superstars i'm not talking about physical tiredness though i don't think that they are physically tired i think they're mentally tired in a lot of the games up here a lot of the game and why yes. are they mentally tired because they've never they're not used to fighting Trippier Part, who did it with La Liga when the, uh, he won the title with Atletico Madrid, they're not used with fighting at the top end of the table. All the team on you, and that's physical pressure every week. And why is it physical pressure? Because every team at the top wins, or at least draws. So you win, everybody else has won. But if you don't win, aren't we a classic example with four or five draws? We were third clear. We're now worried about Spurs, fifth, jumping into our, our place and us going fifth, which is out of the Champions League. And it's because of the mental... And by the way, you would you might say, well, if you're bottom of the league, there's mental pressure there. But the point I've just made, if you're bottom of the league and you lose, the odds are the teams around you are going to lose as well because you're all hopeless. So you all lose all the time. So it, there's not the pressure. But if you... If you draw it, that we've lost one game all season, but we're not top of the league, are we? No. We're top of the league for, for least defeats, but we're not top of the league because we draw a lot. The pressure is on you to win, to win, to win, to win, to mm. win. And I think it gets to some players only by about this time of the year. When you, you're into the new year, you're into the cup finals, you're into the run-in, you've got to stay fourth. Because the difference between fourth and fifth is enormous. And I think the pressure, not spreading the load, gets to one or two. If you're mentally strong, it doesn't. I don't think it bothers well, Trippier too much, etc., etc. But it bothers some. Yeah. yeah. And all that you talk of, John, um, that, that there's, and there's a number of necessities in all of that. One of them is to score goals. And that can be a very tiring pressure. On, on some players, uh, Malcolm, I, I, Wilson, it, 
it doesn't tire Wilson in any way, but it mentally tires, I think, Almiron. Um, and as you said, Malcolm, as you said many times to me, sitting in the press box and on this podcast, what it also does when we don't score goals, we might have the best defence in the Premier League, but the pressure on them four guys and the goalkeepers, yes. one mistake can cost you either three points or two points. Sure. Because a win becomes a draw. We were winning one. Now, we started the game against West Ham and in the first five minutes we scored twice. Now, the first one was ruled out, and rightly so, because the ball was over the line before Almiron crossed. Although, what good feet by Willick to drag it and finish. And then we went straight down again, and Wilson scored from a great ball from Longstaff. So, but after a start like that, the rest of the game, we still missed a load of chances. Wilson yeah. was Patrick. He scored a great yeah. goal. He was put through, if you remember, guys, at the, um, at the Leasers' end. Uh, with a great ball from Gordon and he got swallowed by the defender coming across and got out for a corner. Then he had a header chance where mm. he put it straight, free header, he put straight at the keeper. If it had gone to either side of the keeper, it was a goal. Now, when we don't, when we are under the pressure of just having a one-goal lead, they get a corner and we do badly on it. We've got our two biggest players in the centre of the box the ball flies over Joe Linton, and for some reason, Dan Byrne ducked under it. It continues to the back post, where Bruno's made to stand on his own. His first touch is like a camel's touch, uh, and yet there was nobody picking him up to close it down, and he gets a second touch, which he tucks away. One mistake, and we've lost two points, so the pressure gets to the, the back people as well. We might be the tightest in the league, but... You know, and we've had three not-not draws. They've kept clean sheets at the back, but we haven't scored the goals which yeah, well, are going to win. So there's a lot of pressure, which is mental, not physical. Going sure. What, what, what I think um, I've noticed in the new with the Newcastle side is that they don't like scoring early goals. And <laughs> one 0 up against West Ham, Newcastle looked uncomfortable. They. They didn't make the most of it. They, they didn't look as if they were, they, they were busting a gut to, to make it 2-0, um, which is what they should be doing. Um, and and they, they had this tendency earlier in the season to, to score more goals in the second half. And, and they played much, much better. And it's sitting on that one goal lead. And what... What I feel that they should be, what they should be doing, what they should be thinking is, if if you when you get one nil up, go for two nil, go for broke on it, um, uh, uh, and don't be cautious in any way. You know, don't try and hang on to one nil. Look to go and make it two nil. Put the pressure on on the opposition um, down there, and that will relieve that all that pressure that is on the back four all the while. Um, and, and, but I, I, we just don't seem to have that that confidence to go for broke and make it 2-0. Yeah, OK. I've uh, got uh, slightly uh, sidetracked there. Missed the ads, but we'll uh, play them now so the lads can have a break. <laughs> Thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. 
easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. Uh, you can find them at mrvickies.co.uk, email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Thanks to Blowhole Brewery. You can find them at blowholebrewery.co.uk. Beers brewed on the river time. And thanks to United Group Travel Limited. UK Coach Holidays, based in Morpeth, telephone 01670 362 460 and mobile 07957 141 654. Graham, your driver, Beverly answering your calls, looking after you on your tour. Thanks also to Three Property, who specialise in sourcing investment properties for their clients who are looking to invest in the northeast. They offer a full in-house service from sourcing the deals to managing the properties for you. They've done over 100 plus deals in the past 12 months for clients all over the UK. Give the guys a follow on Instagram, matty.patter underscore northeast property and phil.read underscore northeast property or email phil at 3property.co.uk if you're interested in getting a good property deal. Thanks to qtechshop.co.uk the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle, and the guys who run our website, nufcmatters.com. Thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the videos and the technology side of things. If you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button underneath the video today. Hit the thumb up to like the channel and click share to share to your social media. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and the rest. If you want to become a member, you pay a £25 one-off fee and uh, you can go to the website, nufcmatters.com, and find Membership Pack, or put your smartphone over the QR code, and it will take you straight there. If you subscribe, we do give you a free car sticker. All you need to do is email john at nufcmatters.com, and he'll post you one out. We also support the food bank on this channel, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. You'll find the match day bucket where you can make a virtual donation. We've also got some events coming up over the next couple of months. First off, we've got an evening with Steve Howie at uh, the Tyneside Irish Centre, Friday the 24th of February. Tickets are available from our website, nufcmatters.com, and they are priced £15, not 50 as you can see on the poster. An evening with Nobby Solano is also at the Tyneside Irish Centre, Saturday the 25th of March. Tickets are £15. Book now at nufcmatters.com. And an evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson, Thursday the 20th of April, again at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £15 and you book now at nufcmatters.com. Supermac and John Gibson will also be at Felling Critic Club on the 16th of February. To buy tickets for that, contact the venue direct. We've got a whole host of T-shirts available from our website, nufcmatters.com. Uh, gives you plenty of ideas for presents, for birthdays, anniversaries, you name it. Get your Anthony Gordon t-shirts and your Wembley t-shirts today. Just laughing, Ken, Dick Ken Dixon's just sent us a, a clip um, from a newspaper many years ago. 15 to none. Felling cemented their place at the top of the Gateshead and District League second division with a 15-0 thrashing of brave Washington outfit, Washington. Felling have hit over 100 goals this season and hit eight goals past Wessington in their home fixture. The highlight of the game was a spectacular strike by player manager Steve Wraith. The league's top scorer, Chris Little, notched 
um, five was ably supported by Raymond Oshin, who chipped in with a perfect hat trick. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for sending yeah, us yeah. that, Ken. Are you, um, are you available for Bournemouth, Steve? Because we will, <laughs> we will rest Callum Wilson because we need the goals. I think the point that Ken was trying to make was, um, well, we all know who used to write the uh, the pre-match, uh, the, the post-match reports for the Chronicle in the Gated and District League. Yes, it was me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was it. With my, with my mind on that game now, it was a very good goal at Ken, and it was definitely the pick of the bunch. So uh, there's no lies being told on this show. Uh, believe you me. Um, Newcastle United, of course, away to Bournemouth. We've already touched on it today. Uh, Newcastle are uh, in Premier League action. 5.30 kickoff at the Vitality Stadium, the Eddie Howe Derby. It's live on Sky Sports. Uh, 1,300 away tickets allocation is sold out. Newcastle, of course, unbeaten in the last seven Premier League games on the road, which matches the longest run uh, in the Premier League, which was 2003-2004. That sequence of seven games uh, actually were all draws. The longest unbeaten away league sequence remains 10 games. That was during the 1907-1908 first division season. None of us were there. Uh, While the 2009-2010 championship season included a run of nine without defeat away from St. James's Park. This is going to be the third meeting of the teams this season, following a 1-1 draw at St. James's Park in the Premier League and a 1-0 victory on Tyneside in the League Cup. Bruno is suspended still, serving the second game of his three-match ban. Alexander Izak will be back. Uh, He has returned to training after missing the West Ham game, uh, having had to comply with the concussion protocols. Matt Target is back training on grass. Uh, We will no doubt get an update from Eddie Howe on his progress in the press conference this week. Javier Manquillo does remain unavailable. The referee is Stuart Atwell. This is his third game. Uh, looking after Newcastle United this season. Uh, the others uh, were our Premier League and League Cup victories at Southampton. Um, you must have a caravan on the south coast, NUFC.com suggest. Uh, VAR uh, is Tony Harrington. And uh, don't forget, there is engineering works between York and Newcastle this weekend. That sees a rail replacement and bus services operate in uh, serving immediate stations on Saturday and Sunday. And there's a reduced LNER service. Uh, it'll still run direct from Newcastle to King's Cross on both days, but via the Durham Coast route, adding to journey times. Lumo services will run between King's Cross and North Allerton, uh, while um, cross-country and trans-pennine services will be replaced by buses between York and Newcastle on both days. So uh, that's all the details, courtesy of NUFC.com. Uh, John, we've talked, uh, we've talked in depth, really, about what we would potentially do uh, this weekend. Um, but I think we all agree as well, John, that Eddie Howe doesn't make mass changes, does he? Oh, I, I, I could. I, really, I'm expecting it to be unchanged because Me that's too. what Eddie Howe does, um, especially when you haven't lost. So it could well be unchanged. He's certainly not going to change three voluntarily without injuries. That would be a nosebleed time. And it's very difficult to... Uh, complain about anything Eddie's done this season with one defeat in 21 games and those currently fourth top of the table. I mean, Bournemouth's intriguing. I mean, he's going to want to win desperately at Bournemouth. He's going to put out the side to to try to win because it's at Bournemouth. Um, Contrast with the managers, the funny thing is with Gary O'Neill, since they appointed him permanently, he's not won a solitary single game. 
as a, as a caretaker, he was pulling in points yeah. left, right, and centre. It's often this, of course, isn't it? But as the permanent manager, he's never he's never won a game, and there's sections of the cloud that want them sacked, as there, as there would be. And there's been open discussions in the local press about whether he should be sacked or not. So, um, but of course, there's been a change of owners as well, which uh, means that often new owners can't be trigger happy uh, about getting their own man in, etc. Uh, Bournemouth make us uncomfortable. You know, they're a bit like uh, Palace. You read out there, Steve, that, you know, we had a 1-1 with them in the league up here and we only beat them 1-0 in the League Cup. And that, if you remember, was an own goal by the skipper, headed back across the goal and into his own net. Um, and we didn't look like scoring that day. Um, now, we've played Palace three times this season and there were three no-no draws. Um, these sides where you expect Newcastle might be able to blow them away, Palace and Bournemouth, are proving a bit more difficult. And because this is a way in, because Bournemouth are so desperate for points, and they have played a bit better recently without getting the result they wanted. I mean, it, Brighton at home, a very, very good home side, a very good side, full point. Uh, took to the 87th minute to get the goal that beat them 1-0 last week. Um, I think Newcastle have, will not lose, absolutely no question, They'll, this continued run of away games without a defeat, I think will continue in this game. But it's like every other one we've had. I'm just biting my nails until we score. By the way, I, we scored in five minutes last week and it still ended up as a draw. As Malcolm said, the whole getting early goals doesn't seem to guarantee Newcastle uh, mm -hmm. much. But yes, I mean, my only concern down there between whether it's going to be a, a draw or victory is whether we're going to score the goals because that is our problem at the moment. Yeah, um, Mal, it's uh, unlikely he's going to change. I think I think John's right, you know what I mean? He, he doesn't like to change a winning team or a team that doesn't get beat. Yeah, I, yes, but... I, how frustrating it is when you when you got Almer on one side, Sir Maximin on the other, and you got nothing coming in into the box. There's no supply coming from from either of those two. Probably a, a slightly more from Almeron, but you've got nothing coming in from Sir Maximin. And Wilson needs the ball putting into the box. He lives off of that, and uh, and, it, and so. What what I noticed that there was there was one time um, in the last match, um, Wilson he had made he had made a few runs um, near post, far post, and what have you, um, and time and again, St. Maximin, um, he didn't cross, he didn't cross the ball, he didn't cross the ball, and then all of a sudden, one time Wilson didn't make a run, and St. Maximin did cross it. You know, and it's so frustrating is that the, the, that it's that lack of consistency from St. Maximin. Uh, um, and, and in the end, and I, I used to, I, I, when I was playing, I used to suffer that in the same way. And it really is frustrating. You keep making those runs in and a winger doesn't cross it, doesn't cross it, doesn't cross it. And in the end, you think, as there's no point in me making that run. Next thing, a cross comes over, and you haven't made the run. 
Um, and you look around, you look around, dickhead as well um, for not making it. But um, when you're attacking, what you need to find is consistency, consistency in your shooting, but consistency in your crossing as well. Um, uh, And personally, I, I, I would leave both Almiron out, getting very little off him. I'd leave ASM out, and I and I will play Isaac on the on the right uh, and Gordon on the left, and, and and just let them go. And I think Wilson would have a field day. I really do. Okay, well, what's your prediction for the weekend, John? I'm predicting an hour win. Every time I say that, we draw. So I, I was tempted to forecast a draw in the hope that that would mean we would win. But if I'm being honest with myself, win by a single goal, whether that's 1-0 or 2-1, but I'm taking a, a narrow win. Um, Malcolm? Mm. <sighs> yeah. uh, I, I've been so frustrated um, with those two earlier games against Bournemouth. Um that Newcastle really didn't get going, but but the fact is that this is now away from home, and I, th- I think we'll see something different. I'm going to take Newcastle to win, um, and uh, and and I just hope that there is that little bit of a revolution um, um, up the f- up front, and uh, I'm going to take two nil. Two nil. Okay. What about you, my friend? What about yeah, you? I, I I'm pretty pretty sure we're going to get a draw lads um i, I don't think we're going to win I, I think again bournemouth are a tough team to beat I, I know they're on a bit of a crest of a slump though with you know as you say since the manager was appointed so that could be in our favor um i don't think we'll get beat it could be a boring nil nil it could be a boring nil nil um you know and, and that takes us into that liverpool yeah. game you know still unbeaten which which is important but um it's going to be tight, lads. I, I, would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if we do sneak it one nil. But, um, but yeah, I also feel like Newcastle uh, are going to beat somebody big style before the end of the season as well. It'll come. Could, it'll that, come. could that be Manchester United at Wembley, please? You never know. You never know, <laughs> lads. As always, absolute pleasure. Um, looking forward to uh, being uh, on air with you again next week and uh, plenty coming up. Keep an eye out for the events. John and uh, Malcolm are going to be out and about over the course of the next few months, so uh, make sure you get your tickets at nufcmatters.com. But for now, thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, John. Take care. Take care, boys. Have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy. Thank you.